podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In the night I hear him talk the coldest story ever told. Somewhere far along this road he lost his soul to a woman so heartless. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Jeremy J.N. Phoenix in the building. Jeremy, it's a sad day. It's a sad day in America. Kim Ye is no more. Reportedly. That's what I hear. Kim and Kanye, how they going to end the fairy tale marriage? How's going? How they going to end Kim and Kanye forever? I know, man. I'm so surprised that these two crazy nut jobs didn't last. I can't believe it. This How are we supposed to go on now, son? What am what I supposed to believe in? What are we supposed to do now? It's, it's all, all messed, messed up, up now. now. Nah. I got to be honest, Jeremy. With all the craziness, with all the things that he, Kanye has said and done, with all the off-the-wallness, I still never thought it would come to this. I thought they were in it for the long haul. I thought they were one of those couples. I thought they were going to be the new Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. I thought it was going to go down and stay down stupid. forever. Stupid, mad stupid. And you know what? To have this as a pop culture, it's funny because there's a lot of things going on in the world that are crazy, but we stick to what's going on pop culture-wise. And so we're here talking about Kim Kardashian, West. Oh, let me let me not forget the West. Don't the forget the West. And we talk about Yeezy. Yeezy. Jesus. This should be a lightning bolt immediately after that, no matter who says it. Got yes. the nerve to call himself Jesus. And be serious about it. And dead serious about it. Yeah, no, this didn't surprise me, Brandon. I'm surprised that you're surprised. It's a big day, but we all knew it was coming sometime. You know? Right now, you got people who are extremely mad and doing all kinds of stuff in Washington, D.C. because they're mad. They're mad that Kanye and, and Kim are not together because none of us can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. The world is way crazy no, over I heard, this. I heard there was a protest going on in D.C. I heard there was protesting the Redskins winning the, the NFC East. That's right. And it all has its foundations because nobody could believe the day was done. Nobody the day was broken up. It. Nobody could believe it. But here's no. the truth. Brandon, how in the world, how could you live with somebody like that? But Jeremy, you're saying that, but there's too much money. The money normally keeps people together. They might live separate lives, but they don't get divorced. The D word is not uttered. They just live separately. That's why I was surprised. Normally, you just find a way to make it on your own, on your own island, in your own world. But yeah, this dude, go- he, he didn't have no prenup? I don't think so, but I, I heard... And then maybe they did have a prenup because what I the last thing I heard was that there was a there was a settlement being negotiated. I mean, I know she got a lot of Skrilla too, but look, man, they're, no, they both, Jeremy, they're both, I believe, if I not billionaires, close to billionaires. I wonder, I wonder who's worth more. That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Hey, you, all right, all right, we, we gonna do this live on air, Brandon. You look up Kim. I look up Kanye since that's easier. <laughs> I'm looking up Kim's net worth, right? Just to make All sure. Right. Yeah, Kim's net worth, and we're going to look at Kanye. Net worth. All right, I got Kim's. Me too. All right, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go with Kim. All right. 
Kim is worth $780 million. Man, they must have bank accounts because that's what it just said from Forbes. Kanye West is worth $780 million. So we didn't get nowhere on that one. <laughs> yeah, but that together is $1.56 billion. Unless, Normally that kind of that kind of money don't just go. Unless they're, they're factoring both their income because they're married. That's why they maybe, have the exact same total. Maybe. But either way, it just seems like, you know, this kind of thing happen, happens all the time. You got to get yours, but yo, I got to get mine. Both people split, take your stuff, and just leave. You know what I mean? Like, why can't it be applicable like that? Like, like you take yours, I take mine. We both rich. We both out. I guess. But it's I, not. that. That's against all Kardashian hustle, okay? So who that's moves against on? all. So here's the real question. Who moves on first? Because we just saw Olivia Wilde move on with Harry Styles after leaving Jason Jason Sudeikis. She moved on first. Who moves on first here in this case? No, what's that dude's name? No, no, it's all over everything. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's that dude's name? Jeff, or or, or, excuse me, girl, guy, girl, I'm sorry. Um, But Jeffrey, Jeffrey something. Jeffrey Star? Yeah, Jeffrey Star. What about Jeffrey Star? Uh, <laughs> there's there's been all kind of internet leaks and Twitter leaks saying Kanye and Jeffree Star have some sort of relationship. I don't know if it's true. I don't really know who Jeffree Star is. You know, I guess he's big. T- uh, he or she. Um, it's, it's a they are, okay. It's big time, and you know, uh, all kinds of fashion stuff. But all cosmetics. You're talking about moving on cosmetics. And, okay, it's cosmetics. But I'm just hearing a rumor mill, you know. We tapped in. This is pop culture. There's so no actual about- evidence to suggest that the rapper Kanye West and this beauty guru Jeffree Star have ever dated, met up, or had a romance. But the rumor is going viral thanks to TikTok. Jeremy, you out there TikToking? Ooh. Um, not yet. Not yet. I have everything set up. I downloaded it. I have not. Put in my name. I know. I know. I'm late to the game. I need to throw it in, but I have it. Yo, ready ten ten. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Okay, I like the bars. Son. Bars just happened. <laughs> bars. Chocolate. The TikTok about Jeffrey Star and Kanye West was created by Ava Louise, the internet troll who last year filmed herself licking a toilet seat in an airplane challenge for a coronavirus challenge. Yeah. Um. Uh, when the YouTube drama personality Keemstar was asked about it, he said, I'm having the best time in Wyoming. Come visit me. Man, Man this is just messy. This whole thing is messy. Wake up on a Wednesday because I worked last night and the world done went crazy again. You thought 2020, 2020 was bad. Wake up. And here we are, 2021, man. I got experiences. We'll talk about them later. 2021 so far looked like the same chick to me. All right. That's a wrap for the Raspy Voice Kids on this pop culture. Tell us what you think about Kim Ye. Whose side are you on? Kanye's or Kim's? Do you believe the rumors? Do you think they can reconcile? How's it going down? Or do you not care? Let us know. Raspy Voice! Big shout to Shrinkables. Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership 
since day one. real quick i got a quick statement to make this is jn fiend of the raspy voice kids raspy boys up in the building i was your man i see the going around people talking about the flag at the browns games yes it be me what guy with two thumbs was the man holding the flag at the browns pittsburgh game this one that's right but here's the thing i see a lot of other people on a lot of sites you know different facebooks and twitters talking about we love brownies and mountaineers i'm gonna tell you the truth I don't care about the Browns. I don't care about Pittsburgh. I had a a really good time. I had a really good time there. They showed me love. I had a good time. Uh, You caught COVID? No, I did not. Um, But I had, I'm just saying, it was a a great time. But the truth is, I'm not a Browns fan. I'm not. I'm here for a good time. And that's why I went. I had some homeboys who wanted to go sit in a dog pound. I was like, yo, I'm down. Let's go. Urgh, I'll get my DMX on. What you really want? And we'll go and <laughs> we'll go have a good time. And we did. But the truth is, the Browns could have a TV reality show in my eyes. A TV reality show that would be called Teams That I Don't Care About. Because I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about the Browns. I don't care about <laughs> Pittsburgh. I don't hate against them. I don't love them. I was just there for a good time. So Look, no matter where I go, I'm always a Mountaineer. You saw the flag. That's right. Mountaineers forever and always, always a Mountaineer, no matter where you are. That's all I got to say. Love. Ah. Shout to Ryan Switzer. Shout to Carl Joseph. Shout to J.N. Fing. Rap me, boys. WVU basketball, the Raspy Voice kids tap in. We check in. We want to talk about Oscar Sheebway leaving the team. West Virginia losing to Oklahoma, then coming back against Oklahoma State. There's a whole lot to get into. Jeremy, where do you want to start? Tap in. I'm going to tap in. See, I don't know all the words. I just know the word tap in. You said tap in. Got me going, son. Man, oh man, oh man, Shibway leaving. Big blow. I don't care what nobody says. People are saying, hey, look, it opens up the floor. It does this, it does that. When you lose a 10 and 10, and more importantly, Brandon, more than losing a 10 and 10, when you have big guys out there, Culver does a decent job. Shibway does a great job guarding the really, really big man. I feel like he neutralizes uh, a great post-up bigger guy better than Culver does. So if somehow we were to play Luca Luca Gaza from from Iowa, you saw what he was able to do against some of the big men against uh, Gonzaga against everybody. I, yeah, I was gonna say obviously he wasn't as effective in Kansas, but they went small ball. So I feel like it's a big loss. But that being said, we have other players who have been stepping up. I know you see it, like Eeny, Meeny, Miney, Mo. How many want to roll? I know you see I it, Jalen. Jalen Bridges. Jalen Bridges. Man, he's been playing well. And some of the other guys are stepping up and playing well. But the thing is, Brandon, for me, I just hate starting over. And I know this is not starting completely over, but it feels like it's starting over a little bit. You know what I mean? I wouldn't call it completely starting over. I think it's a recalibration. 
It's definitely a recalibration because you got to figure out how you're going to play with this new rotation. But I personally am one of the people who believes it's addition by subtraction. You get a guy who did not want to be here, gone. If you got a guy who's plugged in, great. If he's not plugged in, he's got to go. My question is this. Huggins said we'd be better without Shibway because the floor would be better spaced, etc. Right? Yeah. Why did he not utilize that lineup while Shibway was there? That's right, because a lot of times we went with the Twin Towers. You've been screaming it from before. Why are they both on the floor at the same time? I kept saying it. It clogs yep. the middle. It bogs down the offense, especially when Shibway wasn't playing well. Why was it going on? Now that Shibway's gone, we're seeing the product offensively, especially in the second halves, what we're getting out of this team when the floor is better spaced. Culver can score because he's got more room, and it allows the offense to flow through the guards a little bit better. I like yeah. it. I just don't understand why Hugs didn't do it beforehand. Maybe he felt like he couldn't keep a Shibway appeased, putting him on the bench. Maybe he finally had that conversation with Shibway and said, you're going to be benched where you're going to come off the bench. You're going to be the sixth man. Um, and Shibway didn't like it, and that's why he left. I don't know. That's, there's a lot that's of people the, out No. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's, there's a lot, a lot of people out there. out there saying there's tampering. A lot of people out there saying there's tampering, saying that Adidas is involved. I'm hearing that there were agents that were involved or are involved. Um, so it sounded like he might end up ineligible anyway. But maybe this all came to a head because Huggins finally did tell him we're not going to play basketball that way anymore. But yeah, my and, my and, thing know, is if we're better, we're if we're better without him, then we should have been better. We should have been better without him in the lineup when he was here. Let me just say this about Sheboy, man. All I'm gonna say this out loud. I give all the love to Sheboy, man. I'm giving it to the Mountaineers too, but I'm sending my love to, with Sheboy because I don't know what happened. And you know what? What's more important, Mountaineer Nation? You don't know what happened. All I do know is that it seems like his brothers have his back, um, in one way, shape, or form, or another. It seems like from what I've seen that his brothers, like Emmett Matthews, yeah, has his back. Came to remember, his rescue like, on our page. That's right. He came to the rescue on our page. People who were disparaging Sheepway, he was like, look, if you loved him when he was down, love him when he was – I mean, when you loved him when he's up, love him when he was down. My whole point is I don't know what happened. But you know what? What I saw from Sheepway, that smile, the way he worked, what I don't like is leaving in the middle of a season. To me, it feels a little fishy. But the truth is I don't know what happened. Well, I, I also know, know that Sheepway said he didn't work as hard as he could have this offseason. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that's I don't out of know. his mouth. Here, but my point is, I don't know the ins and outs. So I also I know do, Derek Culver said after the Oklahoma State game, I'll go to a war 110% for these guys in this locker room. And I know they'll do the same for me, which I took as a shot at Sheebway. And you know what? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. The way I feel is when a kid decides to leave, he has to do what's best for him. I wish him the best because all I care about is the Mountaineers and how we do. So I want us to, to, to bounce back, to get better. He didn't want to be here. He wants to move on. I didn't like the way it went down and how it went down, but I don't know all the ins and outs. Hey, man, Oscar Sheepway from JM Fiend, I wish you the best. I hope the best things happen for you. But my focus I is on the West, is the West Virginia Mountaineer basketball team, the guys who are remaining, and the guys who are going to put in their blood, sweat, and tears fighting for this old golden blue. My thing is, this is another big blow to the West Virginia University brand. Coach Huggins has now lost a second guy from the continent of Africa, from I believe the same host family, uh, who is a high-rated 
player coming out of high school. You said law. Sags went pro, though. Sags did not go pro directly. I mean, he eventually wasn't on the team. He didn't go to the NBA, but he, he went pro. He tried to go to the NBA, but that's true. He didn't transfer. But it, I think it's a mark. I don't like the way it looks on the program to have this I agree. happen again. Especially to have a five-star get kid who was so highly rated. It doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know all the ins and outs, but it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel right. right. It, doesn't, it doesn't look right. And you keep saying you don't know what happened. Neither do I. But that's why it doesn't matter what happened. What, perception. The way it perception is reality. Yep, 100%. And, and when I say perception is reality, I'm not talking to Mountaineer fans. I'm talking about recruits that can come here in the next few years. Perception is reality. Watching what happened, watching what take, took place, a five-star guy leaves not at the end of the season, in the middle of the season. And can we stop saying that fans are the reason why Oscar Sheboy left? I've seen too many people say that the fans are the reason he left. Brandon, did they really the say door. that? Yes, Jeremy. I've seen people say it. It's so absurd. If fans push Sheboy out the door, we don't want that cream puff. I'm not calling him cream puff. I'm saying, listen to what I'm saying again. If fans pushed Oscar Sheboy out the door, if that's the reason why he left, then we don't want that cream puff. And he, I don't think that's the reason he left. He didn't leave. He did not leave because of that. These players understand how this works. They don't leave because of that. They they are in the program, and the program insulates them. And our fans are not worse than the fans in the in the rest of the country. Our fans are the same. The fans are ridiculous everywhere. There are people in Cle- at Clemson who want Dabo gone, and I'm not kidding, who are trying to make real, honest arguments that Dabo should not be there anymore after losing to Ohio State. So if you think our fans are ridiculous, just take a look around. The fans of any passionate fan base are ridiculous. That's what makes them fans, as and you always speak, say, short for and, fanatic. Amen. And if you if you think our fans are ridiculous, wait till our next segment that talks about Doc Holliday. But continue on. I want to talk real quick about losing to Oklahoma, tired of losing to them, tired of losing to Manic. Um but it was a great bounce back against Oklahoma State. It didn't take take off in the first half. I kept saying I was surprised it was only single digits. It was double digits by halftime. But we came storming back from a 19-point deficit, and it was worth every minute of it for me. I and, worked- do you, and do you know who, who you have to thank for that win? Yeah, we're going to thank you. Me. That's right. Go ahead. Because Jeremy slept because he had to work and didn't see yeah. any of it. I decided – that I was going to put you guys in action ahead of myself. I said to myself, Jeremy. Self. <laughs> how can we win this game? And I figured it out. When I don't watch, good things happen. Had I been watching, you wouldn't have won that game. I put you ahead of me. That's what love does. Read the scriptures. That's what love does. It puts other people over self. And that's what I did. So that yeah. Oklahoma State win, win, you're welcome. Derek Culver almost had another 20 and 20 game in regulation, represented on that floor with two blocks as well, I believe. Taz Sherman came to play bucket after bucket after bucket again. We had another huge, momentous game for Miles McBride. The thing that's important is not just the fact that he scored 20-plus points again, but when he scored them and how he scored them. So important, so clutch. Emmett Matthews. I saw, I saw that big three with like 54 seconds left to put us up one. Big yes. time. 
Yes. Um, Kedrian Johnson. Kedrian Johnson getting in the game, taking charges, playing defense. Huggins said he hadn't seen anybody play with that kind of intensity defensively in a long time, and I have to agree. It was a sight to see. It was wonderful. Uh, Jordan McCabe's minutes might be RIP, might be the end of those minutes for, for McCabe with Kedrian Johnson playing the way he is. Um, I like McCabe's heart. I like his effort. But I like his attitude. I, I like love his, his attitude. Ah, oh, man, he's he's just a breath of fresh air for the team. I love it. Um, But he can do that um from the sixth seat down from Huggins. And he's going to have to if McBride and Johnson keep playing the way they're playing. Um, Jalen Bridges, again, played ball, did very well. I just – I'm excited about what this team can do. We saw it in the second half against Oklahoma. Wasn't able to complete that comeback. We saw it again in the second half this time against Oklahoma State. We're going to need it against Texas come Saturday. Horns down forever, but that team's legit. That number four team in the country, the Texas Longhorns, they're legit. Shaka Smart has them playing well. All Shaka had to do was grow his hair out and get his, to get his boys ready. It's funny how that changes. They talk about Steph Curry. Jalen Rose is like, look, he's he's been on fire here lately. I think he had them cornrows too tight. Because if you see him now, he's going all natural. He's just let it go. Had a 60-point game, a 30-point game. But anyway. 62, you know, son. Sometimes you got to just switch it up, man. Sometimes you got to switch it up. All right, that does it for the basketball segment. And uh, let us know what you guys think because we let you know what we think. We got it all out there, Jan Fiend, and I also hate Pitt. Holler at your boys, the raspy voice kids. Raspy voice! Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. Shut him down over them shots. <laughs> That's so right. Dumb. It's your boy, J.N. Fiend. I'm here in the building. I'm with. Who am I with? I also hate Pitt, a.k.a. Brandon Phoenix in the building, building, building. Here's the thing. We don't understand. A lot of Mountaineers don't understand why Doc getting why Doc Holliday got the axe. Longtime coach at West Virginia. Goes down to Marshall. Has a winning record. A pretty good winning record. Goes to like nine bowl games, and yet we don't get why they let him go, Brandon. Did you see that? Did you see them uh, let him go? They didn't fire him. They just didn't renew his contract. Yeah, they uh, fired him, okay? They didn't renew his contract, but they fired his butt. And I've seen a lot of people saying, why would they do that? They're out of their mind. I mean, there's all kinds of people writing, like, Marshall doesn't know who they are. Like, how'd you feel about it when you saw it? I thought Marshall was stupid. Marshall's too big for their britches. Marshall has a false sense of self-worth. All the stuff that anybody with any sense of things. Yeah, no, I get it because I talk to you. I've talked to dudes at work. I've talked to all kinds of people, and nobody can figure it out. Here's the thing. I got a good friend who is a Marshall season ticket holder. His name's Matt McCormick, but he's big-time Marshall. Bleeds, what is it, Kelly Green, Kelly Green and White, Kelly Green and Cream, whatever it is. Yeah. 
So I asked him, I'm like, what's going on? Why are Marshall fans so happy? Because he texted me immediately. He said, this is the happiest day I've had in a long time. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't get why Marshall fans are so happy about it. And I I don't understand why Marshall did it. And here's his explanation. For me, it makes a lot of sense. He said, this was a program that, yes, he won a lot of games. He won a lot of games by Marshall standards. He said, but this was a program masked in mediocrity. He said, if you look at it, if you dive deeper, outsiders are only going to see, oh, well, they went to nine bowl games. Oh, they won so many games. But if you look deeper, you see they only beat the bottom of the barrel teams. Every single year when they played the good teams, the teams that matter, they fell short. Them losing three straight games the end of this year is not an isolated case. He's a, he, This is what he said. He said, every year, at the end of the year, we lose games we have no business losing and then we're not able to compete in the in the Conference USA East. Look at it. It's not just this year. Look at the past years. Look at Charlotte beat us. Middle Tennessee's beat us. Teams that have no business beating us beat us. And, 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 and the main thing that he was drawing upon is he said, we're in the worst conference in the entire United States. This is the worst conference in football. Yet only three times in 11 years can, are, are we allowed to compete? Three times I'm, in eleven years. I'm trying we've to figure went. out. I'm trying to figure out what he expects out of Marshall, Jeremy. Marshall's an FCS program. They just came up from being FCS. Marshall, I don't understand what they expect they're going to be. Chad Pennington ain't walking through that door, Jeremy. I Randy Moss ain't walking through that door. Byron Leftwich ain't walking through that door. I think it's more of a, the bad losses. You lose, you lose the teams that you have no business to lose. Who to. says they have no business losing? Is Vegas saying they're not supposed to lose? No, nah, that's a good point. That's a good like, point. That's my whole thing. Is like I don't know what these people expect. I don't know who they think they are. We're in the worst division. You're the worst. Yeah, it's One like Toby from to, the office. You're the he's, worst. He's, he's, he said, "I don't feel spoiled or ungrateful." Uh, you know, he's, he said the biggest thing is just the big games. We lose every big game, and in the worst conference in America. We never compete, and we always lose games that we should win. I think that Vegas would have them beating Middle Tennessee State. I think Vegas would have them beating Charlotte, and yet they drop games just like that. Um, one thing he also pointed to is if you look at UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, they literally four years ago did not have a program. Yeah, I remember that. They literally did not have a program. So for all intents and purposes, they pretty much got the death penalty, not incited by the NCAA, but by themselves. So for four years, they couldn't recruit. They couldn't get kids. They couldn't do anything else. They, they come back four years. Four years. Yeah, four years ago, they had they had the death penalty. Okay. But I don't know how long they weren't without. But four I years. A, I think they went a year. It might have been two. They come back, and they go to the Conference USA Championship three out of four years and win it twice. Where Doc's do you think been, there's more talent, Jeremy, Alabama or what, or Huntington, West Virginia? I agree. I agree. But for a coach who's been there 11 years, I'm just saying that, that that's his, his – he's like, this is a program that's cloaked in me- mediocrity. He's like – honestly, he's like, look at it like West Virginia looked at Holgerson. They didn't want Holgerson to win a national championship, but they wanted him to compete for it. They wanted him to be there. Three out of 11 years in the worst conference in, in, in the nation, he said, it's just not cutting it. He said, me as a fan, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to want more – Especially when we keep losing games after things have been wrapped up or should should have been wrapped up. And, and, and the reason why we lose them is clearly on coaching. 
I don't I know. Yes. I mean, look, 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 this is why we should have brought him on so he could uh, articulate it a little bit more clearly. Because more you talk, the more I agree with you. But <laughs> <laughs> here's my here's my biggest thing is I hope this does not bleed into an issue for WVU. Like they're talking about coming after Jared Parker, who's got ties to that area. And uh, while the receivers, he's a receivers coach, while they definitely need some help catching the ball. I like the play calling. I like the play calling better than a lot of people did. I hey, play- no, no, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Brandon, oh my goodness. I'm sorry. You just touched on something. No, the receivers can't catch. Yes, he needs a different job as receivers uh, coach. But as in play calling, Brandon, I love the play calling. I watched – I'm looking hard at where we call plays and how we call plays. This dude is doing an amazing job for people who don't catch the ball. Can you exactly. imagine if we, you if we had a deep threat? We have Deggy who can't throw the deep ball, and we have the receivers who drop the deep ball. Therefore, defense don't have to prepare for it. If that's a threat, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I haven't heard a lot of people say it. I'm a big Gerard Parker fan or Jared Parker fan. I was about to say, you're not that big a fan. Yeah, well, Parker, <laughs> the offensive coordinator. I'm a big fan of his because I've been watching, and I love what he's doing. I will be ultra irritated if, once again, Marshall goes shopping in our backyard. Yes, so that's that's one of the things that I'm worried about. People are like, this is going to hurt our recruiting if they land the right guy. No, it will not. No, it will not. Conference USA cannot compete with Big 12. If you get a Big 12 offer, you take the Big 12 offer if it's your home state. The only time it will hurt us is if we don't go after certain kids. That's right, so, and by the way, I also don't want them to get uh, Cedar, Cider. How do you Juwan pronounce this? Cider. Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. Hey, look, go find your own coaches, Marshall. Quit shopping in our backyard. I know he's not a part of our team. I know he's with Penn State. But I don't know, man. I love that dude. I really do. Yeah, I love him too. And I know he loves the old golden blue. So we'll see what he does. Uh, we'll see. We'll see I don't what see Byron Leftwich going there. Like I think that's a pipe dream for Marshall. That's an absolute pipe dream. Why in the he, world would you go? He's on a head coaching track in the NFL. So I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. You don't take um, a step back. The transfers. We lose Lorenzo Door. We lose Austin Kendall. You see anybody else leaving? Nope. See you later, Austin. I, I'm one of the few people who I'm grateful that he was ready and that he that he had put in the work to be ready uh, for the Liberty Bowl and to be able to come out in the second half and deliver a win. But I was not overly impressed with him. Did not feel like we made a mistake playing Daggy over him. Um, I still no. think Garrett Green is the future, and Garrett Green. To me, I think, I the think writing's also, on the wall that it's going to be Garrett Green and Jared Daigie battle Royale for who's the quarterback. I, I don't think it's uh, uh, the writing on the wall. And I know you you said this to me multiple times. I'm going to be frustrated, but I feel like if it was Daigie and, and, and Green battling it out, Austin Kendall would have stayed and played. Because clearly in the last game, he outplayed Daigie. He showed Wait, it. You said if it, it was Daigie and Green, Kendall would have stayed? Yes. If it was Deggy and Green, Kendall would have stayed because Kendall clearly outplayed Deggy. Clearly. Deggy so, made horrible mistakes, and Kendall came in, corrected it, came back from 11-point deficit and won the game. I think Austin Kendall's leaving because the writing's on the, roll, on the wall that Deggy's going to be your – I mean, excuse me, that Garrett Green is going to be your quarterback next year. I, I hope think so. It's I don't think it's a debate. Now, granted, you're going to go through spring training where where coaches say, what coaches speak. Hey, you know, uh, both of them are fighting hard. We're going to wait. But I think this is Garrett Green's job, and I think Austin Kendall knows it because if it wasn't, 
I feel like he would stay because he already beat uh, Deggy. He already showed he could beat Deggy. He he already proved it on the field. Man, what a game. I just – my thing with uh, – my thing is you never know, for one, but West Virginia has never – when's the last time West Virginia was successful without a dual-threat quarterback? And I'm including Skylar Don Howard in that. Mm, uh, we got to go back to Bulger. Is it Bulger? Bulger. That's the last time I would say we were we had any kind of real success. And even then yep. we and even then we underachieved. And the way college football is played now, unless you're Alabama, you got to have a dual threat quarterback if you're going to win big. And Garrett Green is a dual threat quarterback. So hopefully that's what we're going to get coming into this next year. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking forward to personally. Yeah, man. We see the leaps and bounds that they made in a lot of areas that needed help. The running game, the defense. And they uh, they jumped up a lot last year. So if we can make that kind of jump this year, it would be great. Um, the seat for Neil Brown is not hot. No. Nope. But I will say – for me personally, this is not speaking for anybody else, nobody else who's cl- currently climbing beside me. Um, next year's the year. Like, I, I can't I can't see those million penalties. I can't see those turnovers. I can't see those drop passes. And the most importantly th- thing is, if I do see him, I better see wins and not losses. Now, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm saying I better as if I have some kind of sway or pull in any kind of way. I do not. I'm just telling about me and my faith. I better see big-time football being played next year from West Virginia University. Once again, we're not talking about, well, who do you think we are? I'm saying year three for a coach is the biggest for me. That's when you have a lot of your players in there, and I have to see changes. The climb gets real. I mean absolutely real next year. If it's not, there's going to be a whole lot of kickback from your boy, truly, because you have three years. This is your third year. No excuses. These are your kids. Your 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 um, philosophies are in place. If you're going to do something, you're going to do something. If you're not, you're not. Third year is big time next year. It's big time next year. I'm with you 100%. I believe everything you just said. Next year's the year. I'm not saying that we're going to win the Big 12 championship next year, but we should be in the hunt. Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Coming down the stretch, we should be in a fight for the Big 12 championship. You know? And and no, and no, I'm not talking about it being the NFC East where everybody's in a fight for the championship. I'm talking about one of the few select teams who was playing really well in the year. You know, this is why we brought him in. We know his pedigree. We've seen him at Troy. We've seen him do his thing. We've seen him turn around programs. We've seen him win games. Now, your culture has been built. Three years into it, your culture should be built. You should have some most of your players in there. Year three, it's time to go. So, hey, let's get it, Neil. Let's get it. I'm ready to climb. Let's go. Sports Social Podcast Network.